before we open the uh, call lines, uh, we are going to get, and he's uh, joining us on the line now, John O'Bardock from uh, Fox Sports and Fox Footy. We're going to do a uh, a little bit of an early look towards uh, round 13, have a chat about uh, Jordan Degoe, what's, uh, what's happening with him at the tribunal. Uh, Carlton and Gold Coast all on the agenda as well. But text through uh, what you think is going to happen uh, with Jordan Degoe. Uh, is it going to be more than three weeks? Of course, being sent to the tribunal, uh, it's probably going to be a minimum uh, of three weeks. But let us know what you think, ladies and gents. 0433-98-1116. And joining us on the line now is Jono uh, from Fox Footy and Fox Sports. Jono, good evening, mate. Thanks for joining us. Some way get out there. I'll tell you what, the darts was also fantastic as well. I know I went over for the for the round ball, Jono, but the darts were brilliant, mate. Oh, they they know how to do sport over do they ever? In, the, in in the UK. I was um I was there mid year um last year, managed to get to Lords for a hundred oh. game, you know, the new competition and uh, there's been plenty of qualms about, you know, the quality of that competition and what's it actually doing. But the the English crowd, by G, whatever sporting event it is, <laughs> they get around it 100%. They get into it and they create a special atmosphere. They do indeed. Uh, they're very, very passionate. It was one of the first things I noticed with regards to, to their culture and the way they go about things uh, with their sport. It's it's like a, every every sporting day or match, or it, it's, it's a massive event. Everything's a big deal. It, it felt like it was a grand final. I just everything felt like it was a grand final over there. Uh, if, if I'm trying to make a calls, uh, in particular AFL, uh, we'll start with Jordan Degoe, uh, John. Now he's been referred straight to the tribunal man when it comes to the Twitter. So, uh, Fox Footy's very own David Zitta. Uh, he's the tribunal man when it comes to the Twitter sphere, uh, and you punch out all the. That we've seen to be a bit more more protective of the head, more protective of the dangerous tackles. And there's been a lot of precedence by the amount of dangerous tackles that have been tried at the tribunal and how many of them haven't haven't got off mm. until this week. The same with the high bumps has only maybe been one or two that have um, actually gotten off. So they're not, they're taking this stuff a lot more seriously this yeah. year, which is, um, which you can see. So I don't, by the by play that Hewitt should have done more to protect himself. Some very interesting comments from mm. West Coast Greg Clark in saying that no one actually could get get up to support the young teammates on another horror day for West Coast on the injury front. But I think he will be missing about four weeks of football and that obviously includes the mid-season bye for Collingwood. So how does that affect Jordan to go his season from here on in? I don't think it will have that much of an effect on Collingwood as a whole because of just how well they're going and they'll be able to plug and play and they have the depth. But it's more how will this affect Jordan to go his season who probably won't affect his All-Australian chances by the end of it, but he certainly won't be winning the Brownlow medal. Mm, No, no, absolutely not. I think the... The one thing I, I, I felt, well, the, most people off the text line here are saying uh, three to four weeks, Dean saying four weeks, uh, another Dean saying three to four, plus the buyer will be five weeks. So uh, another one saying as well, realistically, he will get three. There's an interesting text uh, coming through, and I was just about to ask you, John, I don't know if you've seen uh, the West Coast social media accounts uh, actually referring to Jordan Degoe, uh getting sent straight to the tribunal. Have you seen those? I have seen this. Okay, um, what do you make like, of it? <laughs> it's a bit cheeky, uh, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit weird, I reckon. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a, it, it's an acknowledgement that you weren't 
happy with the act from the opposition and you're yep. happy to see him get rubbed out for a little bit. But it also might be a dig from the social media manager to your place saying you could have maybe flown the flag a little bit more on the day. Actually, yeah, it could be the other way too. It could be like, well, you've left us out to dry all year, team, so uh, we're going to uh, we're going to probably leave, leave one on you too. So, yeah, very, very intriguing times uh, with uh, all the social media stuff. But, uh, no, I, th- I think he will get the three to four weeks, but who knows? It could be more. It, uh, it could even be appealed and he might get less. You just never know with these things at the moment. But I think what you said with regard to the AFL taking the concussion and head injuries far more seriously is what is what I think has set the set the precedence and, and what has set us up for, for these type of moments with regards to bumps and, and clashes. Uh, now, speaking of bumps, uh, and there have been plenty of bumps uh, along the way for Carlton uh, this season. Now, I did get a text in last night and it was only one text saying, oh, you do we speak about Carlton? And it finds love to every club. We give love to every club here on the SEN Airways. It just so happens that when we open up the talkback lines, all the Carlton supporters ring through, Jono. Uh, and and it's it's... It's it's probably no wonder why, given the form that they've been in over the last month and a half. What what, what is going on at Carlton in, in your eyes, sir? Having <laughs> Essie and then all the other networks had some content come out with all the oh yes, bits of all the Carlton supporters ringing oh, yes. up. But I think, literally and figuratively, there's been so much said about Carlton. I think the best way to describe it is they're a team. They're a team in quicksand. They're fig- figuratively their their brains are scrambled. They're fried. They're low on confidence. Yep. And literally, they're in quick teams know exactly what they're going to do, and they're so easy to play against them. And it's all led to a big pile of everything going wrong, and the pressure is on absolutely everyone from the board to the football manager to the CEO to the captain to the playing list. And, and to the supporters. So, even, the support, <laughs> even the supporters they as well. They feel the pressure. <laughs> Well, a hundred percent, and it's it's tough. It's um, it's risky business, and you see, you even just look at the football today. If you're a Carlton supporter, you'd be absolutely tearing your hair out to see the two fantastic free-flowing, high-scoring games, and you know, e- even watching on Saturday as um, Hawthorne fought back against Port Adelaide. Yeah, yes. there were no chance of winning the game, but they still managed to get some flow into their game and kick a score up and. At least those games are watchable and palatable to be digested. Whereas you watch a Carlton game at the moment, and it's just—it's so impossible to watch. You know, it, it's hard. For, it's hard being a Carlton supporter, probably at the best of times, because you, <laughs> there's a certain stigma attached to all, all of that. But I, I think for more so, if you're a Carlton supporter, you'd be tearing your hair out mm. for just what what's going wrong at the club and where's the accountability and everyone's calling for everyone to be accountable and it's important it's why you're a supporter of the club it's you you keep people accountable to do their jobs but i think basically they need to find something within themselves to steal themselves up and just get get a smile on about them and i Mm. think this has been said a couple of times, and I might we might touch on this again in your in the when we look ahead to the next round. Yes. How many times can you get punched before you inevitably punch back? Spot and on. It just looks like Cullen have taken so many punches over the past four, five, six weeks, and it's just you'd be saying to them, and if you were a coach, you'd be saying to them, it's time to punch back. It's time to say. You no, know, we're not going to stand for this. And like, yeah, while sitting in 14th place on the ladder now, it's going to take 
possibly go right for them to make finals from here. But it's time to put a flag in the ground and punch back. Yep. Well, as the great John Kennedy Sr. once said, don't think, do. Do something. Do something. Uh, I'll tell you who is doing something at the moment, Jono. The Gold Coast Suns. Uh, They're making a run for the eight. uh, And there is every chance that they could get into the eight, just given the logjam of teams from sort of, well, maybe sort of fifth all the way through to 11th or even 12th at the moment. Uh, They were pretty impressive against Adelaide. Really liked their performances over the last two weeks against the Bulldogs and Adelaide, who look pretty decent opposition this season. Uh, Stewie Dew's got them going well at the moment. It's, it's tough to tough to ignore them. I, I like what they're doing. They're, they're very impressive. They were very, very impressive on Saturday night. I did this game um, for Fox Sports. Um, they they were just led by their young stars. You know, Noah Anderson is mm-hmm. not in your mid-year Australian team. I, you haven't been watching football. Matty Rouse, third quarter. Absolutely turned the game. Jack Lacocious is all is starting to put it all together. He's kicked ten goals in the past few weeks. Max King, oh, not Max King. On my apologies, Ben King, Will Powell, Charlie Ballard's probably in the conversation. But your third tall in the All Australian team, and Bailey Humphrey, who's done the the boy that's absolutely exploded on the scene over the over the past few weeks is making a run at the Rising Star Award, signed that long term contract. And if you're a Gold Coast Sun supporter, you're absolutely jumping at the bits, but the young talent that they've put together. So their young talent is leading them places. And I'm wrapped well from the mm-hmm. front, mm-hmm. contested in the center bar, in the center bounce, just putting on a plate of done all those big, you know, presence ruckman who can get around the ground. And then you also remember Tuke Miller is actually not playing at the moment. So he comes back into that side in the second half of the season and it makes them better. They're sitting, I don't know if you've seen the ladder, Paul, but they're in a wonderfully symmetrical position with six and six and uh, I think <laughs> equal amounts points for and equal amounts points to get. So they've set up beautifully and I think we've seen we've seen a few incarnations of the Gold Coast Suns before and then get to this position where it's like, okay, maybe they might be able to make a run for it and then usually it's just been like, oh, they have a really bad loss or a heartbreaking loss and it spirals out of control from there. And as you say, there's a bit of a logjammer team and you talk about Adelaide losing another game on the road. They're now one and four away from the Adelaide Oval mm. this year. So Adelaide's now back in that pack of teams that are fighting for those spots in the lower lower part of the eight. So it 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 becomes really, really interesting. I think the Suns are probably better best place now than they've ever been to really yeah make a run for it. And I, I, we spoke about Stewie but too before. I really hope they get there for his sake. And they just, I, I don't know why he'd want to be moving on from Stewie Joe at the moment. The players are clearly playing for him. They look invested and it looks like they, looks like they're really enjoying playing their football. No, they they do indeed. Uh, and their next game actually comes up against the Blues uh, in round 14. So they've got the bye round 13 and then they travel uh, to the MCG. Uh, speaking of round 13, let's have a quick early look uh, at it. Uh, Thursday night football retu- returns, Jono. So it's going to be uh, one that's spread out uh, over over the weekend from Thursday all the way through to Monday. Of course, we've got the public holiday uh, on Monday. But uh, Sydney and St. Friday night. Thursday night, 
night game is um, it's a big game. It's a pride game up in Sydney as well. So it's a massive game for those two clubs. But you mentioned Gold Coast and Adelaide before being in being around that middle pack and the ladder vying for a couple of spots. And Kilda looked like they're, well, they're stuck in the top top eight by now. I think they're sitting fifth. They're starting to look a little bit shaky, of course, obviously mm. dropping that game to Hawthorne last week, which was a bit of a surprise to everyone. So that I think St Kilda need this one a little bit more than Sydney to be able to ride the ship. Sydney, although their record at home hasn't been great, they're going to start getting their players back, particularly their key defenders in the back half of the year. In the back half of the year, and I think it's more a I think it's more a wait and see. Sydney. I'm still expecting Sydney to come and be fighting when the whips are cracking later in the season because it's just what Sydney does. Um, but St Kilda desperately need to win this game and board on the Bulldogs under under the lid on Friday night. It's um it's gonna be it's gonna be quick. It's gonna be end end. It's gonna be exciting. Um, can Port continue going? And Dogs have dropped their last two on the bounce now, so they need to desperately get in there to ride the ship yeah. and. Put her in a big one. No, absolutely, no doubt. Uh, the rest of the weekend sees a Hawthorne take on the Lions, the Crows and Eagles, Dockers and Tigers. That's going to be an interesting game at Optus Stadium. Uh, North Melbourne take on the Giants down in Tassie. Carlton and Essendon at the MCG. And then we get a big one, uh, Monday afternoon football. This is going to be an absolute crack. We actually end the round with two pretty big games, Carlton and Essendon and Melbourne uh, and Collingwood. This is... This could potentially determine who is, well, maybe not the premiership favourite, but uh, I think these two are going to meet uh, come September uh, later this season. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to um, put some bad thoughts in your mind, but just a quick one on the Blues and the Bombers game, yes. Paul. The, the Bombers haven't beaten Carlton since 2019, and Carlton fans know what happened the following day after that game. Oh, yes. So dare, dare I say there is... There might be a little bit of deja vu here. So, as I said before, if you're if you're Carlton, you you, you just want to punch back, and there's no no place, no bigger place to punch back than on at the MCG against one of your biggest rivals. And then the big one, King's Birthday, um, Melbourne versus Collingwood. Everyone's saying that this is um, going to be the game of the season. Melbourne will have Clayton Oliver Oliver back. The Pies will have some personnel changes through injury and suspension. But I think really simply, Paul, if the Ds want to finish in top four, they have to win this game. And mm. If they're going to win this game, they need to put in at least a 10 to 20% better showing than what they have over the past few weeks. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Interesting to see as well. Both teams were not this weekend, so their absolute best against lesser opposition uh, over the weekend, this weekend. So how you line that up, I'm not sure. Clayton Oliver back in is going to be enormous uh, for the Demons, though, uh, and they might be operating. Well, obviously, they'll be operating, uh, I think, a lot better in the midfield with, with him in there. He's, he's arguably their best player. So uh, that's going to be an absolute cracker Monday, June the 12th. But, uh, Jono, uh, always a pleasure, never a chore with you, my friend. Now, where can we find all your handiwork, mate? Um, you can find me at... At Jono Baruch on Twitter yes. and uh, the stay across um, the Fox Footy and the Fox Sports homepage uh, across um, the rest of the footy season and cricket's about to start as well. Yes. So there'll be some 
some late nights coming up for myself, but cannot wait. <laughs> Me included, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've got India and Australia uh, to go head-to-head uh, before the Ashes start, so uh, we'll get back on the airwaves and do a little bit of a preview of those uh, of those two. Well, that one, one-off one test game, uh, test match coming up, and then the Ashes test series as well. But, uh, Jono, thank you again, and uh, we'll chat very soon, mate. Hashtag neither must play to everyone to get that out into the universe right now. Love um, that. <laughs> lo- lovely chatting with you, mate. Stay you well. Too. Thanks very much. There we go. John O'Bardock from Fox Footy and Fox Sports joining us uh, on the line to review uh, round 12 of the AFL season and do a little mini uh, preview of what's to come in round 13. We'll take a break here on Overnights and be back with more on the other side.